0: So last week we started looking at Jesus' farewell talk to his disciples. And today, just early in that talk, we see Jesus interacting with Peter as Peter begins to ask uh, Jesus a question about where he's going. You know, the Bible says that the people's lives have been given for our example. That's the reason the Lord tells us about Peter and Moses and all these people. They're given for our example. Example And so today as we look at the life of Peter, and we see Peter's uh, struggles at times and his success at times, we look at his life, we try to figure out well, what does that say to us today about how we relate to, to the Lord. And so today as we begin to think about Peter and, and this conversation that Jesus had with Peter, and we think about how it applies to our lives, I want to speak primarily today to, to really two groups of people. Uh, the first group of people I'd like to speak to are, are failures. Uh, I think you you know who you are. Uh, there have been times in your life that God uh, called you very clearly to do something. You, you read in Scripture, you knew you were to do something and you didn't do it. And there's times in your life that uh, you knew very clearly that something was wrong and yet you you did it anyway. Times in your life that you made decisions, you had thoughts, you had actions, that if we could broadcast it on the screen, thankfully we don't have that ability, but if we could broadcast it on the screen, you'd be absolutely humiliated today. Peter had many failures too, and for all of you that fall in that category, I think today you'll be really encouraged by the message and by what the Lord had to say to Peter. The second group of people I want to speak to today, people who are flawless, you've never really done anything wrong, and... Uh, Really, absolutely perfect in every way. And Believe it or not, uh, we we've got a few of those people in our in our world today, and they are uh, just didn't make the same mistakes that other people made. In fact, today maybe they made a couple mistakes when they were young, but uh, they they didn't they didn't waste their life on drugs and get all messed up in those kind of things. They didn't get divorced. They, they stayed faithful in the same church. They don't church hop around like these uncommitted people, and and they've tithe all their life and just been uh, uh, so steadfast and so perfect in every way that really the Lord is lucky to have them that's a the way that they view themselves now we're all laughing because we think that's a mythical person but it's not there they they exist today and and maybe there's nobody listening or watching that falls in that category but lest we be tempted to, to go that way I think it's important for us to think about it because I think Peter was Peter was much closer to that than we may think Peter was certainly a failure, but I think he probably identified as flawless. Much of his actions would suggest so. He was very arrogant at times and went charging in many different ways and directions. But you know the amazing thing about Peter is that even though we we can see his flaws because we read them in Scripture, the Lord loved him greatly. And the Lord not only loved him, but he used him. He used him. He had a tremendous purpose for Peter's life. In fact, Peter would become the leader of the early church. There's no question that after the establishment of the early church, the three most influential people leading the charge was James, the brother of Jesus, Peter, and Paul, who was the apostle to the gentiles there are many others working as well but peter was clearly leading the way he didn't get there because he was flawless he got there because god is gracious loving and merciful and he redeems people who come in sincerity and belief to follow him and trust him Peter had many weaknesses, and so do you and I. We all have weaknesses. If you don't have any failures in your life, it's either because you've never tried anything or you don't recognize them. But the Lord loves us despite that. And that's what I want to speak to you about today is about being loved. John chapter 13 verse 36 is where we'll begin Would you just stand in honor of God's word as we read this together John chapter 13 beginning in verse 36 Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I am going you cannot follow me now But you will follow afterward Peter said to him, Lord, why cannot I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. Let's pray together. Father, we give thanks today that though you know our future failures, you still call us to service. Lord, help us to believe and trust in you. And I pray for every person here today that's present and that's watching that's listening. I pray that they'll be encouraged to hear of your love and your grace. May we put our confidence not in our abilities, but in you, Lord. For it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. You may be seated. The Lord does love us, and He loves us enough to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. But Peter, after Jesus has has just uh, talked to him about this new command, Peter's response is to ask Jesus the question, "Lord, where are you going?" You know, the reality is that insider knowledge has always been more appealing to most of us than than obedience, and so it is with Peter. Think about the 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 talk that Jesus just gave Peter. We we walked through it step by step last week. Peter had just heard Jesus speak of his glorification. He heard Jesus give a new commandment exercising the authority of God. He heard Jesus describe how Peter was to live and be known in this new era. But after all this, Peter wanted to know more. As I think about that talk that Peter just heard it, it seems strange to me that uh, that's all Peter got from this was that Jesus was going somewhere that he had not told Peter where he was where he was going I haven't seen this ad in a while but a few years ago there was there was just constant television ads for the lost books of the Bible I don't know if you guys saw those or not or maybe some of you purchased those it's, it's an absolute fraud by the way uh, first of all those books have never been lost. Scholars have always known about those writings and second of all they were never in the Bible. There's many things that were written in the first century and before that is not included in in Scripture. But, but they made these really sensational ads. You could buy this book that published the lost books of of the Bible and I'm sure that many people bought them or they wouldn't have kept running those television ads. But it strikes me as strange that that we already have 66 books that most people don't want to take time to read but we're concerned about more, right? We're concerned about the lost books that we don't know about. Because same with Peter. All that Jesus has just told Peter, and all that Peter has to say is, well, Lord, where are you going? Since Jesus didn't tell Peter exactly where he was, he was going. Jesus said, he said, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus said, where I am going, you cannot follow me now. You cannot follow me now. You see, only Jesus could pay for our sin, conquering death, hell, and the grave. And that's where Jesus was going. He was going to be glorified, but glorified not in a way that any man would ever expect or anticipate. He was going to be glorified through obedience to the Father, laying down his life as ransom for the sins of the world. He was going to accomplish something that Peter could not be a part of or could not accomplish Jesus says where I am going you cannot follow me now see Peter had to learn a hard lesson Jesus is Lord Peter is a servant there are different times throughout Simon Peter's ministry that, that he didn't like what Jesus was teaching and didn't like what Jesus called him to do in fact, there were times in his life that even confronted Jesus. But listen to what the Lord said as he responded to Peter. He says, where I'm going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterward. I, I doubt that Peter understood what Jesus was saying in that moment. But we know, looking back through history, that, that Peter would be crucified just as Jesus was Jesus said many things to his disciples that only later they fully understood In fact, Jesus said things to his disciples that only later the Holy Spirit would reveal to them And so it is in this case that Jesus speaks to Peter and Peter says, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus says, where I'm going, you cannot follow me, but you will follow afterward." John chapter 21, this is is after Jesus' crucifixion and his resurrection, and listen to what Jesus said to Peter. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. And then the Bible gives this uh, uh, interpretation of what Jesus was saying. It says, This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, Follow me. Jesus begins to make it clear to Peter that Peter, too, is going to be crucified. When he says to Peter, you'll stretch out your hands, another will dress you, and you'll be led where you do not want to go. That's what he was implying. And Peter understood this because in Second Peter, which is his, his writing, listen to what Peter says. He says, since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me. Peter says the Lord Jesus Christ made it clear to him. And so Jesus answers Peter's question when Peter says, Lord, where are, you, where are you going? Jesus was going a place that Peter couldn't go. He was going to pay the penalty for our sin. He was going to rise from the dead. He was going to glorify the Father and to be glorified by the Father. But Peter would be crucified. He would die a witness, and through his own obedience would bring glory to the Father. And Peter knew this throughout his life and toward the end of his life as he wrote this letter. He says, as the Lord Jesus made clear to me. We know from church history that that Peter was crucified and he was crucified upside down. When we think about crucifixion, uh, you may envision this uh, perfect beam with another perfect beam Across it. But the Romans were very creative in crucifixion. In fact, we go back to history and we read early historians describing, come upon scenes where they crucified, in some cases, mass numbers of people. And one historian wrote about how creative they got to crucify these people in, in different ways because part of the torture of crucifixion was humiliation. And so not every person was crucified in exactly the same way. And Peter, it's not recorded in Scripture, but early historians and writers record this. That when Peter knew he was going to be crucified, he said that he was not worthy to be crucified like Jesus, his Lord. And so he asked to be crucified upside down. Jesus foretold this when he said, where I'm going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterward. We all have weaknesses and limitations, but the Lord loves us even when we cannot see them. So this is how Peter responds to Jesus in verse 37. Peter said, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Well, Peter had, uh, Peter had passion, he had devotion, and he had good intentions as well. As Peter says to Jesus, he says, I will lay down my, my life for you. Does it sound familiar? It's almost verbatim, the words that Jesus said that are recorded in John 10. As he spoke about the good shepherd who... Lays down his life for the sheep. And as Jesus says, where I'm going, you cannot come. Apparently, by, by Peter's response, he realizes there's some danger involved. And so he says to Jesus, he says, Lord, I will lay down my life for you. Now, I don't think for a moment that, that Peter was someone who was all talk. I don't think there was any hypocrisy in him. I think Peter was very sincere in this moment, what he said. He was ready. Peter was passionate. He had devotion. He had good intentions. We know that Peter would deny Jesus three times, just as Jesus foretold. But people have often portrayed Peter as, as a coward. And Peter was no coward. On the night, before the crucifixion, Jesus was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. And Judas came to betray him. Judas, because he had been one of the twelve, and Jesus was a person of, of habit, Judas knew where they went to pray on the Mount of Olives. And so he led the soldiers there to find Jesus And so John 18 tells us how this happened. It says, So Judas, having procured a band of soldiers and some officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees, went there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Now, I don't know how many people were in this band of soldiers. But it seems to be that there were several people who went To arrest Jesus. Jesus only had 12 disciples. And one of them had betrayed him. That leaves 11. I think it's very safe to say. That as the disciples were there. In the garden of Gethsemane. Praying with Jesus. And this band of soldiers. With the Sadducees. And the Pharisees. All came out to arrest him. That they were massively outgunned. And outmanned. You remember when Jesus once said to his disciples. He says, from now on, when you go out, carry a sword. And at that moment, they said, well, here's two swords, Lord. There were 12 disciples, but only only two swords. That tells us they didn't all carry a sword. And so I don't know how many they had that night in the garden of Gethsemane. But as they were surrounded by this band of soldiers, here's what Peter did. Verse 18, it says, Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. That servant's name was Malchus. I don't know for sure, but I highly doubt that Peter was aiming for his ear. Peter, as they are facing this band of soldiers, he drew his sword intact ready to fight to the death peter peter was no coward peter's problem was not that he was unwilling to fight peter's greatest problem was that he was he was unwilling to surrender verse 11 tells us so jesus said to peter put your sword into its sheath shall i not drink cup that the Father has given me. Most of us, if not all of us, are here today because we identify as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. But would you follow if he led you somewhere you didn't want to go? You see, Jesus led Peter to a place of suffering. Think about it. Peter's past He asked Jesus If he could walk on the water with him But as he began to see the wind and the waves He He began to doubt and he began To sink At one time in Jesus' ministry Jesus had explained that he had to go to Jerusalem And he had to die And Jesus pulled him aside And he rebuked him And he even said to Peter in that moment, get behind me, Satan. Later, Peter will deny Jesus, deny him three times as Jesus is facing trial and almost certain execution. Yet Jesus loved him anyway. He loved him anyway. Maybe you're here today and there were times in your life that you didn't understand what God wanted to do with your life. Maybe, like Peter, you, you thought that following the Lord meant solving some kind of earthly problem you had. There's no doubt that, that Peter and the other disciples were ready to expel the Romans out of Israel. They were looking for the Messiah to restore the kingdom to Israel. They were looking to relive the glory days of David and Solomon. They were looking to become a dominant world power that they once were. And yet Jesus came To solve a much greater problem, he came to provide forgiveness of their sins and reconciliation to God. And although Jesus would use Peter greatly, his role for Peter didn't involve being on the Sanhedrin, it didn't involve being given governorship of an area of Israel. And it didn't involve drawing a sword against the Romans. It would involve suffering, and service, and sacrifice. Peter, Peter had not even seen his own weaknesses and his own limitations, but the Lord loved him anyway. You see, the Lord loves us even though He has seen our sin. John thirteen thirty eight, Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. The Bible tells us in Luke chapter 22 about Peter's denial of Jesus. It says, Then they seized him and led him away. Speaking about there in the garden of Gethsemane, they seized Jesus. And a little later, someone else saw him and said, you also are one of them. And Peter said, man, I am not. And after an interval of about an hour, still another insisted, saying, certainly this man also was with him, for he too is a Galilean. But Peter said, man, I, I do not know what you're talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he had said to him, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Verse 61 says, And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. The Bible doesn't say what kind of look that he gave him. Perhaps you've envisioned a look of judgment. Or a look of disappointment. I don't know for sure. But as I look at every other interaction Jesus had... With Peter, I expect it was a look of mercy and compassion. Peter, who was the loudest, the boldest of all the disciples, in this moment he denied Jesus three times. The amazing thing about Peter's failure is that before it took place, the Lord had already planned for his return. If we back up a few verses before Peter's denial, listen to this conversation that Luke records between Simon Peter and Jesus. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you, that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail but listen to this and when you have turned again strengthen your brothers jesus knew that peter was going to be sifted like wheat that night by satan and jesus prayed for him that his faith might not fail But Jesus, knowing all things, knew that his faith would fail. And he knew exactly how it would fail. And yet, Jesus is already preparing for Peter's repentance. He says, and when you have turned again, meaning after you have failed, when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Jesus said to him, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny me, deny three times that you, that you know me. The Lord knew Peter's past, present, future failures. And yet he loved him anyway. Do you know the same is true about you? Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 8 says, For while we were still weak... At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person would would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When I was very very early in ministry, I served on staff at a large church in Knoxville. We were in the staff meeting. There's about 11, 12 people around the table. And the pastor was coming under criticism. It's a normal thing for pastors. And I remember he, he said something in that staff meeting. I never really thought about it. I was just getting started in ministry. He said, God knew every mistake I'd ever make as the pastor of this church. And he still called me here anyway. The Lord knew exactly the failures, the mistakes that Peter would make. And yet he not only called him to be a disciple, but he called him to return after denying him. And he gave him a whole new mission and purpose. One pastor told the story about that he was really struggling with his parents' divorce. His father was a very prominent minister, well-known. And his father was going through a divorce with his mother. And as he struggled with this, he went to counseling. And he said during this counseling, he said he got very frustrated because he really wanted the counselor to just give him some answers. And the counselor says, yeah, I can't give you any answers. You have to discover the answers for yourself. And he says, He says, there I sat, very self-righteous. He said, the counselor asked me, he said, He said, What did, what did Peter do? When Jesus was facing trial in the high priest's house. And the young preacher said. Well, he denied him three times and he says what would you do if you had been there you would have been part of the disciples and he said I would have kicked him out and the counselor said well, what did Jesus do and he said I thought for a moment and I thought I think he put him in charge of everything and he said, at that moment, I begin to get a glimpse of the forgiveness, the mercy, and the grace of God. Perhaps you're here today and you're not flawless. You have a past. Maybe people know about your past. Maybe they don't. Do you know that your potential in the kingdom of God has nothing to do with your past and everything to do with what Jesus has done for you? You see, the Lord loves us enough that he did for us what we cannot do for ourselves. He loves us even when we don't recognize our own weaknesses. And he loves us enough to use us even when we work against him. Friend, you are loved and so is this church. Let us not use that as a license to, to go on sinning, but let us use it as great encouragement to draw nearer in devotion to the Lord. See, Peter, the rest of Peter's story is that he would become filled with the Holy Spirit. And this man that, that once stood outside of the high priest's house while the Jewish leaders prepared to prosecute Jesus. This man who, to random strangers, denied knowing Jesus would shortly go before the very Sanhedrin himself and with the boldness that left them absolutely amazed he basically told him you do whatever you got to do to me but I cannot stop preaching about Jesus this man would lead churches disciple young preachers he would from Jerusalem help the disciples build the early church. And then later in Rome, under the persecution of the Emperor Nero, he would be crucified for not denouncing the Lord Jesus Christ. Peter. Peter was loved. Because he was loved, he was given a mission and he was given a purpose. So I want to invite you today to love the Lord back. He loves you. Will you love him? Let's pray together. Father, I pray that you give us faith, belief, courage, boldness, perseverance. May we conduct ourselves in our homes and at work in the community and in the church in a way that will bring honor and glory to you. Help us to serve faithfully when it means sacrifice or humility. Lord, may we be faithful wherever you lead us. For it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. I want to invite you today, before we leave this building, would you respond to the Lord Jesus Christ? You see, Jesus said to Peter, he says, where I'm going, you cannot come. Jesus went and did for you what you cannot do for yourself. He not only lived a perfect life, but he laid down his life for you so that you might be forgiven. Today, if you were to simply ask, He would forgive you for all your sin, your sin debt before God be completely wiped out, and you could be clean. This offer that the Lord offers as a free gift, but it's up to us whether we receive it or not.